and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Hello, I'm Pat Malone, and I'd like to welcome you to The Church in the Home, where we share the light of God's Word from our home to yours. I know the truth of God's Word, and I believe what I heard, yeah, yeah. I believe what I heard. I believe what I heard, so I'm standing on the Word of God. One of my favorite books, perhaps my, eh, certainly one of my favorite books in the Old Testament is Psalms. Um, I'm sure that's true for many, many people. Psalms is so wonderfully comforting and so encouraging. And so just absolutely beautifully written. Psalms, many of the Psalms are songs or poetry, and they're just written in that beautiful kind of language. I find in Psalms so, such great insight into the relationship of an individual with God. And many times that individual is David. Many of the Psalms are written by David, um, and the one we're going to be looking at this evening is as well. And that's Psalm 103, you can turn there. Psalm 103 is a familiar psalm, and it's one that those of us that um, are familiar with Dr. Earl's works, we're familiar with the great study, The Benefits of God, in uh, volume 4, God's Magnified Word. And there he goes through the psalm beautifully, and I highly recommend that. But this evening I'd like to read this with you. And it begins in verse 1. It begins actually with the words, and you may or may not have these words in your particular version of the Bible, a psalm of David. And before getting into the the actual body of this psalm, I want to talk about that heading for a minute, a psalm of David. I said some of you may or may not even have that in your Bible. Um, it depends on the particular, not only version of the Bible, but also even the particular publisher of your Bible. I've had Bibles where that was in it there and other ones where it was not. Many versions of the Bible don't have it in there, um, just in, no matter what publisher actually published it. And most people probably look at those words because they're in very small print, superscript, and they're in that same kind of style of script that you find chapter headings in. I think a lot of people regard them in the same manner as they do chapter headings. Chapter headings, like you might find in, you know, above a certain chapter in Ephesians or one of the Gospels, those have totally been added by man, and they're completely devoid of any authority. One Bible will have a totally different chapter heading than another Bible, just again, depending on the publisher. But these do not vary. These small titles these superscriptions before the Psalms, they're there not because they were added by any particular publisher 
or for that matter, even any particular translator. It's not that the translators of the King James Version added those in, or for that matter, the translators of any other English Bible or other languages. Those words are found in the original Masoretic Hebrew, as well as the oldest manuscripts that are found in, amongst the Dead Sea Scrolls and the lexicon. All of that gives very strong textual evidence to support that these were originally God-breathed, part of what God wanted written, not something that was later added. Additionally, there's internal evidence from the Word of God itself to support that, not just on the basis of old manuscripts, realizing that the oldest manuscript that we have still is you know, from the 2nd or 3rd century, but in the Gospels, there are a couple of places where Jesus Christ quotes a psalm and includes in that quote that this is a psalm of David, and the only way that that is written is in these headings. Likewise, in Jeremiah, you'll find the entire, I believe it's Psalm 22, um, I think it's Psalm 22, I could be wrong on which particular psalm, but that's also recorded in the book of Jeremiah, where again it is identified as being a psalm of David. So don't just discard those when you're reading these, a psalm of David, or as he was you know, fleeing, as he was hiding in the caves. The, those whole little titles are valid for understanding who wrote this and when and under what circumstance. So that said, we'll get into this Psalm of David in verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. I love that this psalm, in this psalm, he's, he's speaking to himself. Bless the Lord, O my soul. He's telling himself to bless the Lord and to bless the Lord with his whole soul, with his whole soul life. Because certainly David had that kind of relationship with God. David was also oh thankful for all that God had done. And David certainly did not forget all his benefits, as it goes on to say. Bless the Lord, verse 2, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. And when doctor taught this, and I'm sure, you know, anybody that's taught it, having heard that, has probably repeated that what doctor shared, that we're told here to simply not forget all of his benefits. We're not asked to remember everything that God did, but just not to forget everything that God did. And that sure sounds easy, and yet, you know, so many times we find ourselves a bit like the children of Israel when they're out there in the wilderness, and even though they saw God do all these different mighty works to get them out of Egypt, and even though he brought them out and parted the Red Sea and has gone before them still every day, goes before them with a pillar of, of a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night, and did all these wonderful things. And every time they'd get in some 
you know, really stressful situation, they would forget all his benefits. They would forget everything that God did. You know, that's the nature of man. That's the nature of man. That's the temptation. The temptation is for when we are in a situation that is stressful, when something really scary happens, to forget what God's done in the past. But boy, that's the time that we need to remember. We need to stop and remember the things that God has done, and especially those things that are in that same category. If I'm sick, I need to remember the times that I've been healed. If all of a sudden I lose a job, I need to remember the you know, 12 other times, <laughs> maybe not that many, but it seems like it, that I've lost other jobs and somehow God took care of me. Whatever the situation, we remember what God has done in our lives. And remember, not just in those kind of situations, but just each and every day, to stop and think about the ways that God's blessed us, what we're thankful for, how great life with God is, how great life with God is. You know, <clears throat> some folks at this stage of the lockdown, you know, they feel like there they are. You know, it kind of calls my mind those like old movies with the guy in the prison and he's got the tin cup and he's going against the bars, you know. You start to feel that way, like you're stir crazy or something. But you know, even if you're totally by yourself, you're not totally by yourself. You're still, you're still with God. And you can have that sweet fellowship with Him. And man, when you are all alone, well, that's a time where you can really bolster that relationship. Verse 3, Who, speaking of God, forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases. And we've talked about that a lot recently, forgiving all of our iniquities, all of our sins, and healing our diseases, and how closely those two are linked. But it's all of them, all of them. He forgives all of my iniquities, all of my sins. You know, it's a long list, but he's still willing to do it. And you think about that, that all is... Twofold. One, there's nothing that he's not willing to forgive. It's not like, okay, yes, God forgives me when I, you know, tell a little white lie, or God forgives me when I lose my temper. But that time that, you know, I shoved that little old lady in front of that bus instead of helping her cross the street, well, that one he's just not willing to forgive. Yeah. I didn't really do it. He's willing to forgive any. He's willing to forgive any. And it's not just in terms of category, but repetition. I can do, you know, parents will find themselves sometimes saying, how many times have I told you that? You know, when are you going? But when you come to God and you say, God, I'm sorry I sinned, he doesn't say, how many times have I told you? And when are you going to ever get? He doesn't do that. He just forgives. He just forgives. It doesn't matter how many times we do it. You know, Peter was looking for the out. Remember that one when he came to Jesus Christ and said, if my brother offends me, trespasses against me, how many times do I have to forgive him? 
And you know, he said, seven, you know, because seven's about my limit, Lord. You know, you do it seven times, and it's like, you know, I, that's it. I, I reach a limit, and I say, hey, I'm not going to just keep on forgiving you. But Jesus Christ said, not seven, but 70 times seven, and, and that's a figure of speech. It's not like at 491, you get to say, you're out of here, buddy. <laughs> Same way with all of our diseases. He heals all of your, our diseases. Whether that's that cold that you get, you know, once a year, or any category of disease, no matter how small or how great, mm-hmm. God heals all of our diseases. Verse 4. Who redeemeth thy life from destruction. Redeems our life from destruction. Boy, that one again is true on, on more than one level. It's true that he redeems, he's redeemed all of our lives from destruction because if it wasn't for Jesus Christ, our Redeemer, our lives would end in destruction. If it wasn't for our being redeemed, then we would be still dead in our sins and, that, and without God and without hope, and that'd be the end of the story. So first of all, he's redeemed our life from destruction in that manner. And then he's also redeemed our life from the self-inflicted destruction, the self-destructive things that we do to ourselves or have done at times. I've known a lot of people that have said, you know, if it wasn't for getting in the Word, I know where I'd be, I'd be dead. And that might not be true for everybody, but on the other hand, you don't know where you'd be if you hadn't gotten in the Word. Even if things had been great up to that point, you don't know how far south it might have went. <laughs> you don't know what event might have happened. And still that being the case, if it were not for God, if it were not for us trusting Him and coming, we have no idea what calamities we avoid. We know the things that God's delivered us from where something does, where the adversary does get through to us with a fiery dart, where our believing's not there and one of those arrows gets to us and then God fixes it. But there's no telling all the things that we avoid simply because we continue to trust in Him. The second phrase of that verse 4, Who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. Isn't that beautiful? Mm -hmm. Who crowneth thee with loving kindness. Loving kindness. Because God does love us, and He is so kind to us. He's just so kind to us. As a father. And tender mercies. That phrase really jumped out at me as I was preparing this. And I looked it up. I looked up those, that phrase, tender mercies. It's, it's worth taking a look at. It comes from the Hebrew word, rakam. And that word is translated in the following manner. 30 times it's translated mercy. Four times it's translated compassion. This one's interesting. Four times it's translated a womb, like in, you know, Mary's womb. Two times bowels, two times pity, once damsel, and once tender love. Strong's defines it as compassion. By extension, the womb has cherishing the fetus. By implication, a maiden. 
Bowels, compassion, damsel, tender love, great tender mercy, pity womb. Those are the different ways that it's, it's handled. Show you a couple of those. Um, Genesis chapter 43. Genesis 43, in verse 28, here the, the story is, is of Joseph, and Joseph here is meeting with his brothers after they've come back, and he's asking them about, about the rest of the family. He's asked, and, and they answered, verse 28, Thy servant our father is in good health, he is yet alive. And they bowed down their heads and made obeisance. And he lifted up his eyes, Joseph lifted up his eyes, and saw his brother Benjamin, his mother's son, and said, Is this your younger brother of whom you spake unto me? And he said, God be gracious unto thee, my son. Verse 30, And Joseph made haste, for his bowels did yearn upon his brother. And he sought where to weep, and he entered into his chamber, and wept there. <laughs> Look at chapter 49. Chapter 49, in verse 22, it says, Joseph is a fruitful bough, a fruitful bough by a well. Branches run over the wall. The archers have solely grieved him and shot at him and hated him. But his bow abode in strength, and the arms of his hands were made strong by the hands of the Almighty God of Jacob. From, whence, from thence is the shepherd, the stone of Israel. Even by the God of thy father who shall help thee, and by the Almighty who shall bless thee, with blessings of heaven above, blessings of the deep that lieth under, Blessings of the breast and of the womb. That's where it's one of the places where it's translated womb. You know, you see just that same love and, and compassion that Joseph had for his, his younger brother, Benjamin. And here talking about Joseph and how tender he was and those tender mercies that he had. And certainly he did. You think about all that they did to Joseph. And yet, Joseph had such tender mercy for them. One other. You can go back to Psalms while you're heading there. I'll read this one to you. This is from 2 Chronicles chapter 30. For if you turn again unto the Lord, your brethren and your children shall find compassion, there it is, before them that lead them captive. So they shall come again into this land, for the Lord your God is gracious and merciful and will not turn his face from you if you return unto him. Talking about how God, even with Israel, getting ready to be carried into captivity, if they would turn back to him, his tender mercy would enable him, allow him to forgive them and welcome them back. That's God's tender mercies. His tender mercies that it doesn't matter how many times we do blow it, no matter how greatly we sin, that God's always there to welcome us back. Back to Psalm 103, verse 5. Who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. 
<clears throat> there's that wonderful Orientalism in this about the youth being renewed like the eagles, where the eagle would every so often go up to the highest mountain and basically dive bomb into the lake as fast as he could with his wings folded back. And in doing that, he'd hit the water with such force it knocked all the feathers off of him. And then he would, you know, struggle to, to swim back to shore and wait there, and he'd be taken care of because eagles were considered holy and they'd take care of them until his feathers grew back, but then he'd have a whole new set of feathers. Not these old kind of beat-up ones, but these all new ones. And that's what it's talking about. Our youth is renewed like the eagles, you know. Some of us are, are getting to a point where we're happy to hear that, that our youth can be renewed like the eagles, but that's what it says. Verse 6. The Lord executeth righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. He made known his ways unto Moses, his acts unto the children of Israel. Moses knew the ways. Israel just knew the acts. Moses knew the whys and wherefores. And that's how God is with us. We don't just, we understand him. We understand why he does what he does, and, and we know it's all for our benefit. Verse 8. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. Notice how often you see mercy in here, because I need it so often. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. He's, he just forgives. He forgives and doesn't remember. He's removed our sins as far as the east is from the west. North you know, north meets south, but east doesn't meet west. And that's how far our sins are removed from us. Look at verse 13. Like as the Father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. Those two words, pitieth, in that verse, take a guess what word those come from. Rockham, the same word. It's the same word as tender mercies. You know, it's not pitieth like, you know, boy, you're a pitiful fool, you know, not that kind of pity. It's that, again, that, that tender mercies, that, that willingness like a father has for children to just keep forgiving, to not reward us according to our iniquities. If we got what we deserved, we'd be in the soup, you know, People always say, well, that's not fair. I didn't get what I deserved, you know? Well, when it comes to God, that's a really good thing because if we got what we deserved, you know, our life would end in destruction. But instead, we don't get what we deserve and we get, in the positive sense, what we don't deserve with His grace. He goes on in verse 14 to say, For He knoweth our frame, he remembereth that we are dust. God remembers who we are. He knows what, who, who he's dealing with, you know? A parent recognizes who he's dealing with with a child, who the mother, who she's dealing with. 
you know, you have a little baby, you know, that little baby knocks over something, you don't go beat the daylights out of it. You know it's a little baby. You know it's, this is just a little child that, you know, it, it can't help it. It doesn't know any better. You wouldn't expect from a three-year-old what you'd expect from a 13-year-old, would you? And you wouldn't expect from a 13-year-old what you'd expect from a 30-year-old. Well, God knows just how young we are. God knows our frame. He remembers. And he's that merciful with us like a father. Verse 15. As for man, his days are as grass. As a flower of the field, so he flourisheth. For the wind passeth over it, and it is gone, and the place thereof shall know it no more. That's us, you know, just like the grass, the field. It's here today, it's gone tomorrow. And that's, that's our frame. Verse 17. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him, and his righteousness unto children's children. It's everlasting. It's everlasting. It's always there for us. You know, we lose patience with ourselves at times. Sometimes we say to ourselves, you know, when am I going to change or when am I going to get this or when am I going to believe this or whatever. But God's not as tough on us as we are on ourselves, thank God. He remembers who we are. He remembers man's frailty. It doesn't mean, we don't use that as an excuse to sin, you know, shall we sin that grace may abound? God forbid. But recognize that when we do, God never runs out of patience with us. His mercy is from everlasting to everlasting. Did I read verse 18? To such as keep his covenant and to those that remember his commandments to do them. The Lord hath prepared his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom ruleth over all. Bless the Lord, ye his angels, that excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of his word. Bless ye the Lord, all ye his hosts, ye ministers of his that do his pleasure. Bless the Lord, all his works in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Everyone, all of creation, is, is told to bless the Lord, to bless him. You know, to bless him is to, to praise him, to speak of his wonderful things, to not just remember it, but to express that in thanksgiving to God. The psalm is one where David is, is communing with his own heart, and that's something that each and every day is so wonderful for all of us to do, to spend that time with God, to spend that time where we just talk to Him. Not just to tell Him what we need, but to tell Him how thankful we are. To call to our minds how great God is. And to just express to Him our awareness of that. To bless the Lord, O oh my soul. God bless you. You can't bring me down, the word is on my mind. 